0: During pregnancy, a lot of the changes can actually support having more pleasure for the pregnant person. While while pregnant, you know you have more blood flow, like almost fifty percent, and it increases by, and that goes to your your genitals. And so there is the possibility to have a lot of pleasure if you know you're not too nauseous.
1: Welcome to LoveLink, your guide to love and sex in all forms. We're your hosts, Sina Simon and Simone Humphrey. This is the second episode in our series on women, sex, and tech. We are strong supporters of female entrepreneurs as ones ourselves, and it's been so exciting to pick the brains of like minded women who are dedicated to spreading sex education and promoting sexual wellness. Our guest today is the co-founder of Cycles and Sex, an education platform to teach people about their bodies. With an emphasis on the reproductive cycle and sexual wellness, Cycles and Sex is a company whose mission is to provide accessible information that is often taboo or shaming. It's a sex-positive, body-affirming platform that covers topics from pregnancy, birth control, hormones, sex ed, and menstruation. All the questions that many of us have but weren't often told. We're excited to welcome Ashley Spivak. All right, so welcome, Ash, to Lovelink. Thanks. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Thanks for me. joining yeah, it's us. It's great for you to be
2: here. Nice to be here. So tell us a little bit about Cycles and Sex. What is
0: it? Sure. So Cycles and Sex is the go-to destination for all things reproductive health and sex. So right now we really use Instagram as our main platform for educational content and we really aim to highlight the interconnectedness between menstrual, hormonal, reproductive and sexual health and pleasure. And it's for all bodies. All bodies are welcome and, um, we also have a website where we have a lot of content there to help teach people about their bodies and yeah, that's what, that's what we're doing. And we have some really exciting changes in the work that will launch early in 2019. So got to stay a little closed lipped about them right now, but um, we're excited they're coming. Yes. We're very excited. Yes.
2: So how did you develop this idea? What inspired you to create this platform?
0: Yeah. So actually we started as an event and really had zero intentions of becoming an organization or a business. My background is I'm a birth doula. And for those who don't know what that is, I help people who are pregnant through their pregnancy and through their birth and in the immediate postpartum period as well. And I had been working in the wellness space in various modalities for almost a decade and which just blown away time and time again by not just the information that I had never been taught, but also that was wrong that was taught to me. Um, like I literally and so much of it actually was was tied to the menstrual cycle and how little I was taught and about birth as someone who at some point in my life thinks that I might like to have children, the fact that as a culture, it was just something that I knew absolutely nothing about was just mind boggling to me. And that so many of us do it. It's like the most ordinary experience that isn't talked about. And from a really young age, my mom experienced miscarriages and I just watched her suffer in silence. And so reproductive health was Always kind of like in my world, and I saw firsthand what happens when you don't have support, when you don't have education. It's like one in four people experience a miscarriage, so it's super common. And the fact that like I would go to school and I wasn't allowed to tell anyone, and she just didn't have this support system, really um, made me aware of this real lack of support and resources in our in our culture. Um, and with that, as I started doing birth work, was seeing more and more just these gaps. Um, I was seeing firsthand what was happening in our hospital systems and was just blown away by how people were being treated and the lack of informed consent. And this is in New York City in some of the most prestigious hospitals with people who you think of as being super informed and, you know, run businesses and are at the height of their careers and getting to the hospital and just not having a voice.
1: So what are some common misconceptions about reproductive health and as it relates to sexuality oh my goodness so many many.
0: (laughs) that first off people aren't don't think of them as being connected to one another in the first place right it's like you have sex that lives over here and you know you have a period and um
2: and not just separate almost the opposite opposite. right exactly and that pleasure has no place in it at all
0: which like you know you look at the brain is altered from pleasure how does it not affect health you know um so I think that's like number one is that it's not but once you really dig into it it's fascinating I mean obviously we know emotions play a and mindset and all of that can um determine stress levels and pleasure and and all of that but also the fact that the cervix changes positions throughout the cycle and so that may actually affect how different positions feel while you're having intercourse or any type of insertion and i know know yeah Yeah. exactly (laughs) like you just never think that it just never occurred to me before Mm. um yeah i think that's some of and I think there's just, you know, this is the thing a little bit less so now, but just like a lot of taboo around having sex while you're on your period and what all the bodily functions are and cervical fluid and how that can, you know, like like natural lubrication, basically, and how different parts of your cycle can actually make you have more lubrication. So easier sex and things like that, that people are just are not have not been taught to draw the connections to.
2: Right. How do your kind of hormones change during menstruation that would impact having sex?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of a lot of it is more stress related, so right when we have a cortisol response, we're in fight or flight, and right the body can't tell the difference between us being late for, as you guys know better than me, um, whether right like there's a bear or whatever, like you actually are running for your life, or you have a deadline, and your your cortisol levels are out of control, and the hormonal systems are different, and so whenever your body is, you know using your resources for one thing, then it can't use those resources for another thing. And so particularly when you think about blood flow and where it's like moving to your extremities, right? Like your blood flow is not going to be in your genitals if you're really stressed. Um, And so, yeah, it just, it's a trigger of a different hormonal hormonal response. Um, It shuts down your oxytocin levels because oxytocin is like the hormone, the pleasure hormone, exactly. Um, And so- how can you have lots of oxytocin if your body is
1: really preparing to attack? You know, have you have there been any surprises? Things you've learned while you've done these events uh, for the general public about what people are, what issues people are most interested in with regard to reproductive health? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing is, and it's so nice to see that we
0: really do bring people in from all genders because they think that's first and foremost, that it isn't, this isn't an issue f- just for people that cycle. It's for everyone. Um, so that's really exciting. And I think the other thing is just people stay all day with their mouths gaping open because they, it's all brand new information. And, you know, for, we have the pleasure chest is one of our sex ed partners and they're, um, they they their sex shop, but they do a lot of education around inclusivity and different sex practices. And, they, this, I love telling this story because I think it just really goes to show you. They, so they have their own room at our events and they do sex ed all day. And all of a sudden, we we're like walking, and this is in LA, and I see like our side, the side room is overflowing with people. I was like, what is happening in there? And it turned out that it was a workshop on deep throating, which is like, <laughs> right? So it's like these things that like, and you yeah. look around and it's like, you're not in a CD sex shop and it's like your friend that's sitting next to you and like the guy at the coffee shop who's like, ears are perked and everyone's like, you know, eyes wide because none of us have been taught this stuff before.
1: It's not talked about. No. Or
2: at least in a way that feels accessible, that isn't, that doesn't feel seedy, that doesn't feel gross. It's like in the language that you understand that makes you excited
0: about the possibility instead of afraid or unsure or... So yeah, so that and then I'd say digitally, a lot of the questions we get are around birth control and the cycle and problems within the cycle, a lot of fertility stuff, um, and just realizing kind of the backlash on birth control now where people are realizing that, oh, like, what is what does it mean that I'm taking hormones? And that's not to say that birth control is bad or anything like that. It's just people are starting now to question what does it mean for my cycle if I am taking hormones. What does it mean if now I'm trying to get pregnant? Um, what does it mean if, you know, I'm I'm like I want to track my cycle and I'm not on birth control and I'm realizing all of a sudden that you know I have zero cervical fluid. What does that mean? What does that tell me? And Ooh. so that's a lot
2: of the questions that mm. we that we get digitally. That makes sense. And I feel like I've had a lot of people talk to me about their worry just having something that's put into their body that does affect their mood, that does affect their hormones, and that they're not sure how to parse out what feels authentically like their natural body's response versus something that they're putting in their body. And I think that that's a really common question that people have. Yeah. I mean,
1: I remember when I was on my first... Birth control Yaz, I think, or mm-hmm. Yasmin, or something. That was my first one too. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I remember I gained a lot of weight, and it was terrible. And I was crying all the time for no for no reason. I had to go off of it almost immediately. Wow. Um, but nobody really told me that those would be possible side effects. And yeah, yeah it's really it can be really scary totally. to I, go through that experience. Tot- I was
0: on the Nuvaring for like. 10 years almost, and I had no sex drive, was bloated all the time. I literally thought that I was allergic to something, and I was really looking at my diet, and it never, no one even drew a line for me that it was possible that it was because of a side effect of it. And
2: I went off of it, and it, everything changed. Wow. It was so. Wild and sex drive is such a precarious thing because there's so many factors that go into it. Yeah. So I think oftentimes, yes, it could be the birth control, or it could be that maybe there's issues in the relationship, right. or it could be that you're experiencing more stress. So totally. it's so hard, or you're just so bloated plastic. that you're like, <laughs> I don't want
1: to be tested now at all. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah, hard to parse that out.
1: Yeah, can you talk a little bit about? So a lot of our friends have started to have children or thinking about getting pregnant mm-hmm. and are particularly women, but also men, are concerned about how sexuality changes when a woman is pregnant, but also after yeah. pregnancy.
0: Yeah, that's also one of the questions we get a lot. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean so it's really it's really different for everyone I'll say during pregnancy a lot of the changes can actually support having more pleasure for the pregnant person while while pregnant you know you have more blood flow like almost 50 percent it increases by and that goes to your your genitals and so there is the possibility to have a lot of pleasure if you know you're not too nauseous or heartburn isn't terrible or you can stand your partner being next to you in bed so of course it goes to so many factors but in the same way um, as all these hormones are creating changes to your body that may feel very uncomfortable at times they're all they're also creating changes that can be beneficial um, and then postpartum man that's so it again is is really individual but i think the biggest thing that people need to remember it's not it's it's not just that you've given birth and like a human being has passed through your pelvic floor and your bones, but also that your organs have shifted for the last 10 months and your uterus has grown to the size of a watermelon and then will return back to the size of about like a peach, you know, or a pear. I mean, not a pear. A, what's the other one? A plum. Um, <laughs> Um, I think that's a Joanna Newsom song, peach, plum, pear. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, so it's really all, it's all of these changes. And, you know, people, one of the concerns we hear a lot about is the vagina getting stretched out. And the vagina actually, the the body changes for sure. Um, And just, and and, and it's, it's a relearning almost because your body is different the vagina does stretch it is possible for it to it's not going to be like saggy vagina forever like it's totally possible to get toned back to the vagina 100 percent. but pelvic floor therapy is really important and our country doesn't support it you really have to go out of your way to get pelvic support what is that floor support so your pelvic floor is all of the muscles and tissue that surround the pelvis so when you hear of have you heard of an episiotomy
2: Mm-hmm. So that's
0: when they cut the perine so the perineal areas between the anus and the vagina oh. and they don't do this any they don't do it anymore <laughs> unless <laughs> and for the most part thank god it's an outdated practice but they used to cut the area to have more room for baby to come down now they don't do it so much anymore but it is common to tear a little bit naturally while you're pushing the baby out. Um, and so that's part of the pelvic floor and the pelvic floor is responsible for orgasm, for keeping your organs in place, for going to the bathroom, for everything. Um, so in addition to it being that perineal area, it's all the the muscles kind of contained around, around the pelvis. And so It gets stretched out because there's a lot of weight there that it's not used to having, and then your cervix is opening and passing a human being through outside of it. So there definitely is some rehab that needs to happen um, for some people more than others, and you know the cervix doesn't ever return back to its original size or shape. Um, The cervix is internal, so that doesn't affect how you have sex, but. It's just to remember that real changes have happened and it doesn't mean that your sex life is going to be worse at all. I know plenty of people who actually have much better sex after pregnancy or after mm. giving birth. Why do you um, think that is? Because it's new. It's like you have to explore. If you're open, if you're open to exploring you know, what these new sensations are and you give yourself time and you have a support and a partner who is listening, then it's like almost like you're starting fresh. And for a lot of people, people, you know, Birth and pregnancy, people are coming into their bodies for the first time in a way they maybe never have before and all of a sudden don't give give a shit about things that they used to give a shit about before. So it's kind of like awakened a whole new perspective for them and groundedness in themselves and I don't give a shit attitude that they're maybe more willing to experiment or try things at. That they weren't before, and ideally, um, the baby can be a real bond
2: between you and the totally, partner. Yeah. Totally,
0: and it is, it's sensual, like it is. It, it's oxytocin is the hormone you, you know that makes you orgasm. It's also what can, makes you contract and have your baby. It's also how you, what makes you contract during your period. You know, so it really is part of the whole, the whole cycle. But again, then there's, there is, it's a personal thing. So there's definitely, you know, for people where it's really hard and their bodies have really changed and, you know, they, they just need a little bit more rehab and emphasizing that rehab and taking care of yourself also during that period. That's super important. And just being patient and communicative.
2: Hi, Lovelink listeners. Our group practice, Modern Mind, is located in New York City with offices in Brooklyn and Manhattan offering in-person and virtual psychotherapy. We provide individual, couples, and group therapy as well as ketamine-assisted psychotherapy in conjunction with a psychiatry prescriber. Therapy is a powerful experience that can transform your life and help you live it to its full potential. We're here to help take you where you want to go. To find out more about our practice, visit www.modernmind.co or email info at modernmind.co to be connected with one of our therapists. So it seems like countering the stigma of desexualization around pregnancy totally. and postpartum. Totally. That you have to really kind of break through that barrier and not see yourself as this desexualized being. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's very
1: reassuring. Um, because there's so much fear out there totally. around what postpartum is going to be like and what sex will be like and, and if we were told that it could be a more pleasurable experience to have sex after a baby like there'd be more babies there <laughs> I guess that's true too yeah it's interesting you talk about you know the the, the period cycle but there's also the cycle of of life, like a woman going through different cycles, and men, I guess, too, yeah. in their you know twenty four hour cycle, the twenty four hour <laughs> yeah. cycle, but then also the developmental phases development. of life. Yeah. yeah, being in you know your fifties as a woman is different than in your forties. Do you yeah. address that on? Yeah, I, I mean, so
0: a lot of what we focus on now, so our, our main demographic right now is are millennials. So we're a little bit younger, but we're really excited as we grow and expand and definitely in their new content and new platform coming out soon. Um, We'll definitely dip into that because that's also a huge need and people are going into premenopause earlier than they were before. And in addition to like, so that's like a whole other shift. And with that too, it's for themselves, but it's also in their kids. Like all of a sudden they have teenagers in that age too. Um, You know, where they don't know how to talk to them because another thing that we weren't taught, and so we're excited to kind of to dip into that as well.
2: What what's the pre menopause phase? So I mean, it, it's basically your.
0: So you're maybe you haven't stopped getting your cycle completely, but it's sort of starting to. Wonk, You know, it's getting a little wonky. It's no, if it was regular to begin with, not so much anymore. Your hormone, just in general, basically your hormones are starting to decline. Um, And that's
2: happening earlier?
0: Yeah, it's happening a bit earlier for people. Mm.
2: Are
1: there any reasons why?
0: I think, you know, I think it's one of those same things why people like little girls are getting their periods earlier. You know, I don't know that there's like, yeah, I don't know that there's like an exact science to it, but mm-hmm. you know, exposure my, to more chemicals. Ex- exactly, it's these. kind of a mix yeah. Of, yeah, scary. of all the above.
2: Hmm. It also makes me think about women, uh, especially millennials and young adults who want to have children later, yeah. but are also getting these premenopausal phases earlier, yeah. and so that window is kind of getting smaller. Yeah. yeah. What kind of events do you hold for cycles and sex? Yeah.
0: So. Like I said, we we actually started with events before we had a digital platform of any kind. And it was really the idea of bringing, you know, it was when Thinks first came out was in the it was like in the subway of New York City and so it was awesome seeing people in business suits kind of passing through the turnstiles and like having to stare at period items and <laughs> so it was It was all of a sudden we were starting to see like some innovation in this space which we never had before which was really exciting and Karen Gandhi had just run the marathon so periods were in the news a bit and things were starting to percolate but like I was saying before it still felt like there was no connection to it and so we really just wanted to bring all the people doing this amazing work together under the same roof and giving everyone else like our community one place to go where they can learn it all and get full support so it wasn't just information but then also the people that could help them and the products or tools that can help them as well so we've done this these like big scale events twice now one in new york one in la and there was a marketplace and there was about 30 vendors there all selling products everything from pelvic floor strengtheners to organic tampons Ponds oh, cool. to condoms mm. to sex toys um the pleasure chest was there doing sex ed all day and then we had a main stage where we had um panels panelists and, and workshops all day long from 11
2: to 6. Oh, so it almost sounds like a conference
0: yeah it's it sort of is yeah. a conference like a conference expo um but like in the physical space where you'd actually want to hang out. So we don't allow like one of the big things is we control all branding. So you're not being influenced by purchasing or by by the brand and you can really, um, we wanted to inspire people to actually have conversations and ask why these things were important or what they can do to be helpful. So the feel of it is a little different than than an expo,
1: but but yeah, or a conference. But that's that. Yeah, general. Generally speaking, are there any products you would recommend? Any favorites that you have that yeah. you featured there? Yeah. Oh my gosh, so many. Um, well pretty
0: soon you'll be able to find a collection of all of them on our website in early 2019 so i'll keep it i'll keep it there but it is exciting i mean i think just like the whole world of at-home test taking now is really fascinating everything from like your microbiome to your sperm count Mm -hmm. to it's it's yeah it's super super cool um And yeah, just that there's so many period product options now that you can really I just encourage people to experiment um anything from trying a menstrual cup to a different tampon and kind of seeing what your what your options are. I feel like menstrual cups
2: are on the rise. Yeah. Yeah. I've
1: heard a lot of good things about those. Yeah. Yeah, They are.
2: And also Right, that there's such a taboo around them and a worry around spillage, but that actually, it doesn't really happen. Yeah, I mean, if you, I've definitely had some spillage.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so,
2: but <laughs> beware. <laughs> yeah, some of
0: them are better than others. Um, but I will say, like, tampons make my vagina hurt sometimes, and I just don't like. So it's nice, and so I will use them sometimes. But it's nice to have yeah. other options. And it's, I when I, I really like cups. Actually, I don't feel them at all when I wear them. So. I'm a fan. There's also um, a reusable, or not reusable, disposable cups, like a disposable cup, also, which is nice because then you don't have to keep it and
1: worry about cleaning it and all the rest of it. Right. Do you have any upcoming events?
0: Well, we will in 2019. Okay. <laughs> oh, You'll keep we'll us
1: posted. posted we'll keep it yeah. 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 We'll um, put we'll, the yes. Yes. Yeah. We'll
0: keep you posted. But a sneak peek is we will be going around the country. Oh, So very we'll be cool. hitting 11 cities, uh, starting in New York. Yes. In similar so style events to what you were describing? Yeah. Um, similar style, they'll all be localized though. So all of our speakers and practitioners will be people working in the field in their given city. Um, I forgot to mention, we also had in addition to, non, um, to vendors, we also had about 10 nonprofits on site sharing the work that they do um, within the reproductive health space. And so all the nonprofits will be local to whatever city that we're
2: in.
1: And are they for men and women? Yeah, for everyone, for, everyone. for all genders.
2: Yeah. So you clearly started this company with a lot of background and knowledge already. I'm wondering, I mean, since working with so many different people and practitioners mm-hmm. and different experts, is there something that you've just been really surprised about or something that you've learned in this process of starting Cycles and Sex? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, this is the biggest thing that,
0: that blew me away. That I mean, this was what brought me on the journey of starting to make cycles in sex. So it's been a while now. But one of the biggest fallacies that I'm still like, are you effing kidding me? Is I was really led to believe that you can get pregnant at any time. So like if sperm came... I mean, like, I knew that sperm had to enter your body, but based, and, and I just thought that anytime sperm entered your body or like near your body, that I would need to freak out, and I was, it was really stressful for a really long time, and no idea that it's actually like seven days of the entire month that you're actually fertile. That to me was like the biggest nugget of information where I was like, I literally spent a decade being so stressed out, like, oh my god, you know. So that continu- all that stuff continues to. Blow me away. And just like the biology of the defense mechanisms in place with the body and that the cervix changes throughout the cycle to make it easier. Just like really learning about conception. First off, it's freaking incredible that the human race still exists because the odds are so small. It's like it's like there's so much work that the sperm and the egg have to do in order to make it work and everything has to happen so precisely that it continues to blow my mind that we exist. Um, but it, it is, I mean, it's just fascinating. Like I'll give you one more fun fact that I, this one I did recently learn. I'm blanking on what it's what the term for it is. But when the sperm gets in so you know it's a race well now they're saying that we don't know if it's using the word race isn't necessarily the best that it's actually the biological female body that is allowing the sperm to come uh, that's so, a very
2: male-centric way of yeah, thinking well, about it yeah
0: exactly well this <laughs> it's a is a race for the strongest <laughs> exactly well but but it is like it has to be in the right like fertile fluid in order to make it that the you know by a lot you know so Uh, that the ovulator needs to produce in order so but so when the sperm penetrates the like outer lining of the egg the egg like like creates an outer um I don't I don't actually know like what the um terminology is, but it creates like an outer wall so that no other sperm can get in. It's like in and then the the egg has like a protective layer so that it protects against double two sperms entering. I always thought that was so cool. Yeah. It's like yeah. it's amazing
2: that our bodies do this all on our own without any of our own kind of cognition yeah. or yeah, totally. Yeah, and that we're constantly preparing. I mean, as a oh, woman, yeah. that we're always every single day yeah. preparing in some way, totally, to have yeah. a child. And then it just keeps going. <laughs> yeah, that's it all the time. Our one purpose. Your one purpose. <laughs>
1: <Exactly>. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. Um, well, I'm sure people will be excited to learn lots of cool facts and dispel lots of assumptions on on your website. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And if you shameless plug, if you sign up. Uh, on cyclesandsex.com
0: or through uh, our Instagram at cyclesandsex, um, then you can stay in the loop of all the exciting things to come as they happen. So very cool. Well,
2: we're very excited. We are very yeah. excited to see what you have in store for 2019. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks so much. Yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. Thank Thanks for joining so us. Thanks for having me. This is great.
2: Thanks so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode. To stay in touch with us, sign up for our quarterly newsletter at lovelink.co, where we share our favorite articles and resources about love, sex, and relationships. Also, in future episodes, we plan on answering listener questions. So if you'd like your questions featured on our show, send us a voice memo using the Anchor app or send it directly to our email, info at lovelink.co. And if you have a second, truly, the best way you can help support us is to rate and review the show in Apple podcasts. Just scroll to the bottom of the Loveling show page and let us know what you think. We thank you all again so much for listening. We're truly touched you take the time out of your busy schedule for us. Until next time. Mm
1: hmm.